and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about what are my tenants going to be like? Now, this is a really interesting one. I often get investors talk to me and say, well, I'm thinking about investing in property, but I'm really worried about, well, what are the people who are going to rent the property off me actually going to be like? And so today's episode, Andrew and I are going to talk about our tenants and what we do know or don't know about them and how they've actually been over time. Now, Andrew, you've got vastly more experience than me in terms of actually renting out properties, having invested for about 19-odd years and owned, I don't know, probably about 100 properties at this point, if you count all the ones you've bought and sold. So let me ask you this. If landlords are worrying about the quality of tenants they might get, give me an example of someone you've rented a property out to where they actually have been a bit dodgy. Well, actually, I'll tell you, not one of mine, but an investor of mine, and the reason because it's, uh, I'm dealing with it at the moment. So this particular investor settled a property in Auckland, appointed a property manager. The property manager came and said, we've got this application, and the person is on a benefit. It's a solo mum. Do you want to look at them? Now, I'm not criticising people who are solo mums on the benefit because there are plenty of people, my sister included, Oh, my mum was a a solo mum with four kids at one time. Yeah, and some of those people are the best at paying their rent because they know how important it is to house their kids. But anyway, unfortunately for this investor of mine, they took a chance on this particular lady and it has been atrocious. So they've just gone to the tenancy tribunal. They're now having to force an eviction. There's, I think, about $5,000 worth of arrears. Everything has gone wrong here. Yeah, that's probably one that sticks right in my mind at the moment, unfortunately. And what really went wrong there? Was it just that the tenant stopped paying the rent? They couldn't afford the property. They probably just should never have been put on the property in the first place because, you know, they said they could afford it. They said they were going to get this money from work and income. I think there might have been an issue there with actually that money coming through in the end. But this poor landlord has taken a chance on also an unfortunate situation for the tenant because now they're having to move out only a few months after moving in. Well, the thing that can sometimes be good about people on benefits is if Wins is paying the rent directly to you, then it can be almost like guaranteed money. You you don't oh. have as many issues or worries about the tenant paying the rent because they're not actually the ones paying the rent. Uh, that's right. I, I know another solo mum that rents a property from another one of my investors and her entire rent gets paid from work and income every single week. Yeah, that's great. Now, let's look at the other end of the spectrum too now that we've probably Scared half of the listeners of the show. <laughs> Everyone's quit. Now, give me an example of maybe a property that had great tenants. What were they like? Well, to be honest, that's probably most of my property investment experience. Like, I have had really good tenants for the most, most of the time. I had some tenants who stayed with me for seven years. I would have semi-regular increases on their rent. I was probably a little bit generous, a landlord. Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's probably just one of my other good traits. Highly generous. Oh, generous (laughs) investor, Andrew Nichol. Um, And they were really, really diligent. They always looked after the gardens. They had a dog. So that was one of the things that when they came to apply for my property, they said, look, we've got a dog. No, actually, they'd been there for a while. And then they wrote an email to me and said, look, our daughter really wants a dog. We've finally given in. We want to get her a dog, but we want to stay here long term. Would that be something you're open to? And I know a lot of landlords are pretty harsh on that sort of thing, but I thought if they're settling down and and, you know they've got a family with a daughter that wants a dog, what do I care if they if they get the carpets clean when they leave? Makes no difference to me if they deal with any damage. Makes no difference to me. And they left the house immaculate when they finally did leave. 
Sometimes the funny thing is the kids are more of a risk to your house. Absolutely. <laughs> in terms of causing damage compared oh, to the pets some of the time. Now that I've got one, I think I should have just said yes to a dog. Well, so- sometimes you think, well, the good thing is you can put the pet outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the interesting things is if you think about the news stories, Andrew, they're always about bad tenants because – there's never going to be a news story written about how great tenants were. So, the, I mean, the truth of the matter is I've actually never had a bad tenant. Now, my career in property investment isn't nearly as long as you. I'm sure I'll have some at one point in time. But I would never go to Stuff or the New Zealand Herald <laughs> saying my tenants were totally fine. and Pay uh, their rent on time and keep the house immaculate, landlord says. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I never talk to my tenants because I've got a property manager and I've never had an issue with them. So you're never going to read about that. And I'm never going to go onto a Facebook group like the Property Investors Chat group and talk about how good my tenants were and that I never talked to them before and that I haven't had to or those kinds of things. And I'll give you an example, Andrew. So I had a tenant move into one of my properties about six months ago. And it was for two girls. The property manager said, cool, they're friends, both in their early 20s. And I think they're studying. And I personally went to inspect that property maybe about a month ago. You went there? Yeah, yeah, just because sometimes, uh, you You're know. are curious. We're, we're recording this. I mean, I don't actually want to do it, but it's because we're recording this show. So I always like to get a little bit more practical than I actually would. Right. Because I like to be quite hands off. Yeah. But I thought I should do it to get even more hands on experience for the show. Now, what image comes to mind if you think there's been two girls in their early 20s who are probably at university in your house? Here in the drains, I can guarantee that stuff. Makeup brushes and paraphernalia everywhere. Probably some parties, probably quite a few, you know, RTD bottles. (laughs) Well, you know what girls are like because you live with your daughter and and your fiancé, so maybe you might think it's very messy. Wrong. Immaculate. What was that? Immaculate. Two 20-year-old girls. I mean, look, to be fair, I'm not looking at, at, at the drawers. I'm just seeing what's on the front. I'm glad you cleared that up. <laughs> Can I say that on the show? Why would you be looking at drawers? <laughs> no, my point is that as a property investor, you're only seeing what's on, like, the bench tops, right? Yes, so correct. If they, well, if I was tidying my room and I knew my mum was going to come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd shove everything in the cupboard. Shove everything in the drawers. Right, right. But it was tidy. But immaculate. I couldn't believe how tidy it was. Wow. And look, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying anything about 20-year-old girls and whether they're messy or not. <laughs> but my, my point is that with these tenants, I kind of think, well, what more could I want? They pay the rent on yeah. the time. They look after the property. There was no obvious damage. And it made me think about, Episode 814 of the podcast. Oh, yeah, I, that came to mind as well. So that was the one where Carl from Research First was on the podcast, and he was talking about how our brains often jump to conclusions really easily. So you might think of an area and think, oh, that's dodgy. There's going to be lots of crime. If I buy a property there and rent it out, I'm only going to get tenants with social issues. But actually, that isn't always the case. Is your property in a – what sort of demographic is your property in? Oh, kind of reasonably central Christchurch yeah, okay. for that So one. Just, just a pretty normal area. I mean, I've got a, a, another one recently rented out, and I think the property manager says, oh, it's a bit of an interesting one. I think it's a mum and a dad and, a, and maybe an uncle. And, you know, I think one of them has some sort of disability, which means they can't work, and one of them's looking after them. I don't really know the situation. But it's complex. And you might, you know, you might think, oh, well, I don't know. Sounds like there's 
some social issues there maybe. But I think you read too much into yeah, it. Absolutely you know, do. Sometimes you think, well, what's another way to think about it? Another way to think about it is it's just three people trying to live their lives who want to rent a nice place to live. And who are being responsible helping out another family member. And the reason that all makes me think about episode 814 is we can be very quick to make judgments about other people, especially because our properties are valuable, right? They're worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes over a million dollars. We want to protect them. But you're not always going to have but just because somebody renting out your house isn't double income, two kids, or double income, no kids, doesn't mean they're going to be bad tenants. Now, Andrew, another question we often get is, you know, people are looking in areas where properties are cheaper. So maybe West Auckland or South Auckland, if they think of investing in Auckland, or if you're investing in, say, the Waikato, you might look at a cheaper area like Te Awamutu, as opposed to a more wealthy area like Cambridge. Now, if we think about something like West Auckland, what sort of people are going to rent out there? I just think there's a mix of everyone. So uh, it depends a little bit on what you buy. So if you're buying an old rundown house, you're probably only going to appeal to some of the groups that you might be concerned about. If you're buying a nice new townhouse in a development where it's a community feel, lots of owner-occupiers in there, then you could get anyone. You could get someone that just works at a local school or a local hospital or a local doctor's practice or whatever. You can get anyone. And like, it could be like these two young girls who are studying. Obviously, they don't have a lot of extra spare money if they're studying. They're probably both working part-time jobs. But they've gone and rented somewhere central and looking after the house and, and just wanting to start on their journey of life, I guess. And one of the difficult things about this is that when you're working with your property manager, they are limited to what they can actually ask the tenants. Like you can't ask your tenant, where do you work? You can't ask your tenant, do you have a job? Like that's amazing. You can't even ask them whether they have a job. You could ask them, can you give me some evidence that you could afford this property? You can say, tell me about yourself, but you can't ask those specific questions. And so often you might get some of that information. But my point here is that you as the property investor, if you're using a property manager, or even if you're renting it yourself, you may not be able to get all of that information to say, okay, what do they do and what might they earn? And, you know, do they have kids? You can't ask whether they've got kids or not, though they might tell you that again. You can say how many people will live in this property, those kinds of questions. And so my point here is that you may not even be able to have all of that information to make that decision on. There's only so much information you could vet the tenants on. And I think a big thing to remember is, look, it's absolutely true that not everyone's lovely and no one's dodgy. There are absolutely tenants out there, but just people out there who are rough or dodgy and aren't going to pay their rent. That's true of people who own their own house and might not pay their mortgage. And or pay their rates bill. Yeah, or there's going to be a portion of investors out there who are renting out properties that don't meet healthy home standards or you know they're not looking after their tenant. But there are also tenants that are not going to be reliable. But there is going to be people out there who might not have the perfect past. You know, they might have defaulted on a phone bill, you know, five years ago because they were irresponsible, or they might have left a property in disarray back when they were a student. But, you know, they might be growing up now and they might actually be, you know, in a good proper job. They might have settled down with a new partner. They might have a child now. All of these things might change someone's not just ability, but also just kind of their character. And, and you know, people grow up over time. Well, I suppose the key thing is that about 90% of tenants are good, but there's always got to be a percentage of tenants that are bad. 
And that's true whether you are buying in a really good location or even a particularly dodgy location. Absolutely. I know of an investor with a property in Parnell, very high-end property, and rented it out to a high-net-worth developer, or so they thought, in Auckland, and never got their rent paid. It was a nightmare for them, and trashed the house with parties. So he wasn't a high-end developer at all? Well, I mean, he was a well-known guy, but he was just really unreliable, smoking drugs in the house. Like, it was serious. Oh, that's not good at all. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the luck of the draw, though. And, you know, okay, you just either get a good tenant or you get a dodgy tenant. What are some of the things that investors can control? I think one of the big things is thinking about what property you're going to buy and who's going to live there. So part of that's location, but a big part of that is the type of property. So if you're buying in West Auckland, yeah, it's probably going to be a townhouse for it to be affordable. But if it's a nice new townhouse and a nice new development, you hope that you'd attract some decent people that want to have a house for a few years. I think a big part of it is the rent you set. So sometimes if you set the rent too high, you'll only get those people that are so desperate because they can't get something else. So I know that people that advertise their own property and set the rent really, really high are more likely to end up with a tenant that maybe has a bit of a checkered past. Yeah, or says they can afford the rent but actually can't. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is how you screen the tenants. Now, look, if you're going to do this yourself, you want to be making sure that you check someone's credit and you do your reference checks, check whether or not this person is giving an accurate history of maybe what their previous rental situation was like or or their employment situation is like. But I would recommend using a professional because you kind of just want to leave this to someone else to do, someone that does this all day, every day. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. We've also got a webinar coming up on Tuesday, the 8th of August. I want you to come along because it's 7pm. It is about how do you succeed as a property investor, even if you've got no knowledge. So this is for people who are just starting out. Maybe you've just started listening to the show. Maybe you've got a friend who is interested in starting in property investment, but maybe they're not podcast people. Invite them along. Hey, so if you want to come along, link is down in the show notes. So tap or swipe over the cover art. It'll be in there. Or just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash webinar. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim Knight. I'm Andrew Nicol. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of your property market. Until next time.